0: Hello and welcome to Endurance Minded. It's the podcast that looks at the psychological and emotional components of endurance sports and how they impact performance. I'm your host, Taylor Thomas, founder and coach at TEC. And on this episode, uh, we're going to talk about giving ourselves permission to lose motivation. Uh, so this is something that we struggle with as athletes. Uh, we, we feel like our motivation uh, is something that should be automatic. Um, we assume that when we set out for big goals, we, when we set objectives for ourselves uh, athletically, uh, that the motivation is going to come. And uh, this is something that, uh, if you've listened to the podcast, you know we've talked about a lot um, things like motivation, willpower, um, our intrinsic and extrinsic uh, goal setting. Um, but what we uh, what we haven't talked about, um, and what doesn't get uh, mentioned uh, a lot in uh, in our in, uh, in our community. Is uh, is that it's okay to lose motivation? It's okay that it can wane sometimes. Uh, it's natural. It's going to happen. I think that's one of the most important things to uh, to identify and recognize uh, as an athlete is that motivation uh, is not automatic, and the expectation shouldn't be uh, that it's high all the time, uh, no matter how exciting your goal is. Um, so we're going to talk about why, uh, why this is going to happen. Um, we're going to talk about what our typical responses might be, some of the, the typical reactions that we have, so that you can recognize uh, some of the language uh, that we use uh, when, we get into, um, when we get into these, these lulls and motivation. Um, We're going to talk about why we need to give ourselves permission, why it's important to understand that this is part of the process and how we can leverage that understanding to be better athletes. Um, And then we're going to talk about a few tools uh, and a few ways that we can reset and navigate through these periods of time uh, when we are struggling with motivation. So um, as always, these uh, these solo recordings uh, are based uh, on listener feedback, conversations that I'm having uh, with athletes, with coaches, uh, with entrepreneurs, uh, people that are motivated and driven individuals uh, to reach their full potential. And um, so, I want to thank you again for uh, for keeping the feedback coming. Um, enduranceminded.com uh, is where you can go to submit feedback. Let us know what you think, what's going on in your head, how we can help um you um navigate any of the issues you're having or answer questions uh, or think differently uh, about um uh, about anything that's on your mind um and, uh, as always, uh, thomasendurancecoaching.com for more resources, more tools, uh, to get in touch with, uh, with our team, uh, of coaches to help, uh, to help you be better, help you be stronger, to help you, uh, have more fun and, uh, and enjoy your sport, uh, to the fullest, uh, extent that you can. Um, so thanks so much. And I uh, hope you enjoy this conversation about, um, giving ourselves permission. Before we get started with this week's episode, I'm so excited to announce that we're welcoming Inside Tracker as our first official sponsor to the podcast. As I've talked about at length on the show, my passion is helping other individuals discover the tools, resources, and relationships they need to reach their full potential. It's about more than just getting fit or being in shape for one race. It's about realizing the value in the lifetime pursuit of dedicating yourself to become the best version of you that you can be. So when you do what you love, whether it's running, riding your bike, racing, or just enjoying the great outdoors, you want to do it for life. That's where Inside Tracker can help. As a lifelong athlete who's done everything under the sun, I've gotten blood work done many, many times over the years, and it's always provided critical information. Even when I was feeling great and training hard, my blood work has uncovered critical deficits such as low vitamin D and elevated iron. So, despite how your training is going or how you're feeling, Inside Tracker helps to uncover specific, individual, and actionable insights that allow you to not only perform better, but feel better and be healthier. Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging, genetics, and biometrics. Using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data. To provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside of you, and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes, then Inside Tracker tracks your progress every day, every step of the way, towards reaching your performance goals and living a longer, healthier life. So, for a limited time, endurance minded listeners can get 25% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just visit info.insidetracker.com slash enduranceminded and enter your name at the bottom of the page to take advantage of your 25% discount. Being an athlete is about more than just completing the right workouts. So visit info.insidetracker.com slash enduranceminded today to start taking a proactive approach to understanding what your body needs to perform better and live longer. Hey everyone! Thanks again for joining me. Um, let's uh, let's dive right in. Let's talk about why uh, it's important uh, to give ourselves permission to lose motivation. So again, this is something that um, is is very heavily wrapped up in our identity as athletes. It's something that we pride ourselves on. Um, it's something that. When we uh, oftentimes, when we speak about ourselves, or when we describe um, why we're able to do what we do as athletes, um, we—it's because of motivation. Um, we we tie that in to uh, our ability to execute as athletes. Why we continue to uh, to set aggressive goals? Why we stay motivated? Why we stay consistent? Um, it's because of motivation. And we assume that that motivation is there to stay, that it's going to stick around, that it is always going to be strong. And if you've been an athlete for um, for any length of time, uh, I'm sure that you have noticed and come across the fact that, that that's not always the case. There are dips in motivation. Uh, it's going to wane. It's going to ebb and flow. And it's really going to do that um, in, <clears throat> um, in isolation of uh, your commitment to uh, to your goals. Uh, it is not necessarily and oftentimes not linked to how excited uh, you are about your training, uh, how excited uh, or or uh, dedicated you are to your primary discipline. Um, it it comes about as a result of of any number of things. Um, and it's natural. and it happens, and uh, that's why I want to talk about it um, because, uh, it's important to lead with this permission uh, based mindset uh kind of as we as we go about our athletic journey because it's not if but when so let's talk about why motivation might might uh, wane in the first place, why we might find ourselves in in situations, scenarios, time periods where we're just not quite as fired up as we used to be so um First and foremost, or I think one of the most uh, classic examples of this is it's just been a long season. Um, so uh, I'm going to talk kind of in real time now. Here we are. Uh, this podcast is going to uh, going to launch in the middle of August, and um, and if you're in the northern hemisphere, uh, we've been at it for a while. Uh, a lot of times we start to ramp up in the spring in preparation for some early early season early summer goals, or at least we want our fitness to be moving in a particular trajectory. So we, we backdate that and that puts us in, you know, February or March oftentimes where we start to really move into some higher volume, to some more specific workouts, to some higher workout frequency. And here we are in August and it's been some time. We've been at it for a while. We've probably got a few um, goals uh, uh, accomplished, a few things under our belt that we've really pushed forward forward. Um, and we've really dedicated ourselves to, and, and that takes a toll. The weight of a consistent commitment to our goals uh, has to be realized because there is a real weight there, um, and that weight is valuable in that it's what gives that thing credence and value, but it also takes its toll, and we can't, um, we can't carry that weight all the time. So the first reason that, uh, or one of the reasons that, that we might be waiting a little is it's been a long season. Um, and, and that takes its toll and there's a weight there and that's okay. We need to realize that weight. Uh, we need to give that weight some space and some credence and then understand what that, what that means uh, for us. Um, again, in very real time, <clears throat> if we're talking about uh, August of, of 2021, um, we're seeing some uh, some some of the impacts uh, of of the COVID 19 pandemic uh, come into play again. Uh, we have the Delta variant at play. Depending on where you're at in the world, that that may be causing complications. Uh, we're seeing lockdowns again. We're seeing restrictions. Uh, we're seeing some um, uh, some some issues or some concerns with uh, with how our our kids. Uh, move uh, back into the school system and and that's causing uh, <clears throat> that's causing disruption um, and so that's a very real uh, weight and a very real concern um, if uh, if again you are uh, you're in the northern hemisphere uh, particularly if you are in uh, parts of Canada and the American West like I am, uh, you are dealing with a horrendous fire season. So we're seeing air quality uh, concerns. We're seeing uh, historically hot temperatures for sustained amounts of time. Um, that, is, that is a barrier, uh, environmental, that's making it hard to get out, it's making it uncomfortable to get out. Uh, access is limited because of uh, the the places that these fires are at. So uh, there are millions of people dealing uh, with environmental um, restrictions or uh, prohibitively um, um, uh, unsafe uh, environmental uh, impacts on how they pursue their you know daily athletic goals. <clears throat> so. You see, there's, there's lots of things um, that can go into or play into how we're feeling about our sport, how we're feeling about our commitment and dedication to our training on any given day. And it doesn't necessarily and oftentimes doesn't have anything to do with our commitment, with our drive, um, uh, with our actual motivation, or, or more specifically with our willpower. Um, there's environmental uh, factors. There's all kinds of things that come at us every day that uh, that have very real impacts uh, on uh, on our motivation. So just understand that it's not uh, it's not on you. There's lots of things coming at us. There's lots of things that we're dealing with. The weight uh, of those things is very real, and uh, and identifying that to start is is uh, is an important part of the process. So <clears throat> now that we understand that. It's not all in our head, and that there are very real things that are that are disruptive and can cause uh, motivation to to wane. Um, let's look at what our typical response might be. So I want to outline just a handful of responses that I've seen come up uh, in myself, certainly, uh, and uh, in in athletes uh, that I speak with, um, just to help identify some of the language here because when we when we know what that language looks and sounds like we can understand um what our triggers are um we can uh we can kind of capture that and then we can know uh and identify that that's a time that we need to pivot or think differently about uh how we're pursuing uh our athletic goals so i want to um just, just think about if any of this language resonates. Reflect on <clears throat> times where, um, where you've felt this. Maybe, maybe it's currently. Maybe you're in this kind of. You know, it's been a long season, um, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm tired. Um, maybe uh, you're like me, and you're dealing with um, with with a severe air quality and smoke, and and uh, historically high heat, and that's making it hard. Um, or any number of things. So just reflect back on your own athletic journey, and I want you to think about it. If any of this language resonates with you, if you've if you've used this before, if you've kind of been caught in some of these these traps. So <clears throat> one of the first things that we we do as a response, or or one of the ways that uh, this can manifest itself, is that we try to we try to wrangle. This motivation into submission. We say, "Well, I'm just going to shut down these feelings. I'm just going to get over it. Uh, I just need to um, to to get on the other side of this. I'm just going to kind of push it down. Uh, I'm going to grapple with it, and and I'll get to the other side of it." Um, again, that puts the onus on on us, and it doesn't allow us the space and permission to. Understand that these one that the the weight of, of whatever we're feeling is very real, and that two it might not be coming from uh, from from inside of us. It might not be something that we can uh, wrangle, so to speak. Um, it it might be environmental. It might be that we are actually tired and fatigued, or that there are circumstances outside of our control that are hampering our ability to execute towards our goals uh, in a way that feels productive. So so that kind of, if you've been in that space where you feel like, well, I just need to kind of beat it down, get over it, um, that can be a, a typical response. Another one is that we can feel stupid for feeling this way. So we hear this a lot where um, and say, well, I just, you know, I feel stupid for feeling this way. I don't know. I don't know why I can't find my motivation. I don't know. Um, I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, I just need to, to kind of lock it up and, and get it done. Um, and so this, you know, we demean, uh, and we diminish, the, the value of, of what we're actually feeling. And that only really serves to kind of pull us further down because, of course, we do feel that way. And, and if we demean that, um, it doesn't give us the tools and the leverage to get out of that position. Um, uh, another another classic response is that we feel uh, we feel weak or we feel not as strong as our peers. So we say, um, you know, I, I just, I, I look out, I'm I see the people in my, you know, in my peer group, my people on my group ride or my track workout, they don't seem to be dealing with motivation issues. What's wrong with me? Uh, and what we do is we let that reflect on our strength as an athlete. We say, well, I must just not be as strong of an athlete as they are. I must not be as committed as they are. I must not be um, as dedicated as these other individuals that I see out in the world that seem to be um, not having the same issues that, uh, that I'm having. Well, we know that they have had these same uh, struggles. That's part of the athletic journey. Um, they might not be having them right now, or they might be coping with them in a different way, but we can't let this, uh, these these lulls and motivation reflect on our identity as an athlete. They are mutually exclusive. Your strength as an athlete uh, it has nothing to do uh, with, with whether or not you are motivated. Um, and so that's an important distinction uh, to make. <clears throat> another, another classic uh, kind of language piece is we say we, we feel silly for feeling this way, or we feel silly for complaining about something that is a luxury to be involved in. So we know that the commitment to our goals, the ability to, uh, to carve out time for ourselves, the ability to uh, to, to get, to have access to the gear that we want, to the support that we, that we want and need to pursue our goals. Uh, that is a a luxury. And so I hear athletes say, well, it just feels silly. I shouldn't even complain about this because, you know, I know that I'm lucky to be in this position and I'm lucky to be able to ride my bike or to run or to sign up for these races. Uh, and that is true. But again, we feel what we feel. And the fact that, that, it may be a luxury. Um, it does not diminish the fact that you are having very real feelings. And, and if that's the position you're in, we need to give those things some weight. Um, another another uh, very classic example uh, is that we, we double down. So one of the responses is we say, well, if I'm not motivated, I must just not be doing enough. Uh, I must need to just do more if I was more committed, uh, if I was more consistent, if I was more insert, whatever you want to say, then I bet I would find motivation. So we double down. We say, okay, well, I'm going to set my alarm earlier. Um, I'm going to, to... uh, instead of doing four days a week, I'm going to do six days a week. Um, so if I can find that that frequency, if I can increase that volume, then that must be what brings motivation, or that will help me uh, stay motivated when it's more uh, more of a consistent touch point. Um, maybe, although the the roadblock there, and the real trouble is that if we lean further into or we double down on the same approach that led us to these dips in motivation to begin with odds are that doing more of the same thing is going to not going to yield different results so there there is value in in uh, keeping a consistent touchpoint, such that we are able to identify the pursuit of these things um, as part of our routine and as part of things that um, that provide value on a daily or certainly a weekly basis, but doing more of the same thing uh, is not going to yield different results. Uh, and then, lastly, and really probably the worst outcome, and you know, unfortunately, we see this happen is that we, we quit altogether. One of the responses is that we say, well, um, I, I guess that motivation and my athletic identity uh, are intrinsically linked. Um, and if I can't find motivation, I must not be a good enough athlete or I must not be an athlete at all. And so I guess I'm just going to hang it up. Uh, I guess that, that I don't have what it takes to be an athlete because athletes are motivated. And if I can't, if I'm not motivated, I must not be an athlete. Uh, too many athletes are, are too quick to draw that line or to make that comparison and that's a real that's a real shame because uh, of course, as you know, uh, if you've listened to this podcast at all, I am, uh, insanely passionate about the value that athleticism and our athletic pursuits uh, delivers to the rest of our lives, and so if an individual um, doesn't have the tools and resources to understand how to navigate those time periods, um, that's a real that's a real shame because the potential was there um, that that athletic identity could have served them uh, for the rest of their lives. So that would be, uh, in my opinion, the worst outcome, but it's certainly one that we see. And I'm sure you've seen, uh, people in your peer group do that. We've all had, uh, friends, uh, or, or folks that we know that have just kind of hung it up because they couldn't, uh, seem to, in their mind, get it together, uh, and put the pieces in place to move them forward. Um, so those are a few responses. Of course, those are not all of them. Um, but think about if you've, if you've, if you've, Heard any of that language uh, in your own thoughts, uh, or in ways that you vocalized your opinions about yourself as an athlete, or how you approach your training, um, and and just kind of um, kind of ruminate on that and think about uh, what that means. And I'm going to go through um, you know uh, a little further about some tools how we can round the corner uh, when we use some of that language. So. Next is, why do we need to give ourselves permission in the first place? So why does it, why does it matter? Why, why can't we just wrangle it into submission? Or why can't we just do more? Or, or lean into that language around being silly or being stupid? Um, um, why do we need to, to develop these skills and these tools in the first place? So first and foremost is that none of the things Um, that I mentioned above um, in terms of our response, um, none of them are going to move you forward. Uh, None of them are going to take you where you want to go. They're only going to serve to set you up for a negative feedback loop, a downward spiral. You're not going to be able to put yourself uh, in a position to, to be productive, to be fulfilled, to find value in your athletic pursuits if you lean into some of the scenarios or any of the scenarios that I, that I outlined. And, and replace that language, replace that scenario with anything else that is not productive and you're going to find the same same results. So the first reason that we we need to think about a permission based approach to motivation is that when we don't take that, we it doesn't take us where we want to go. Uh, at least not in the long term. Maybe we can we can shut it down once or twice or for a couple of seasons, but long term uh, it will rear its ugly head, and we won't be able to dig ourselves uh, out of those those holes. Um, the next. Reason that we need to give ourselves permission um, is that it's it's healthy to give weight and validity to how you're feeling. So, what I always try to remind myself when I'm having these these negative thoughts, when I'm when I'm leaning into some of this non-permission based language, is that I tell myself, "Who cares if it's unfounded? Who, who cares if it doesn't make sense?" who cares if i can't justify it who cares because that's how i'm feeling and i need to give that feeling validity i need to give it some weight so that i can understand what i need to do with those feelings how i need to process them so that i can i can get to where i want to go if those feelings aren't aren't productive if they're not taking me where i want to go if they're not giving me the mindset that i want um I need I need to figure out how to get around them, how to process them, um, what they mean for my approach, um, what they mean for me in this season as an athlete. Um, and I need to use that as a springboard to do something more productive. And so I have to give them weight and validity. You have to um, you, you have to to give yourself permission to uh, to, to know that however you're feeling. Is is how you're feeling, and that's okay. And it doesn't have to be doesn't have to be uh, you know based on anything that um, that makes sense to anyone else. Uh, It doesn't even have to make sense to us. We just need to know that if that's how we're feeling, that's how we're feeling, and we need to give that weight and validity. Uh, Another reason why permission is important is because sustainability should always be the goal. So, like I said, you might push it down once, twice, one season, two seasons, you know, hell, even five seasons, you know, whatever the case is. But there is a point where, um, if we continue to lean into language that doesn't support our long-term goals, we will not have long-term goals and sustainability uh, should always be the goal. It's not about being our best for one season, uh, or, or, or five seasons. It's about, um, Realizing the, the value and potential uh, of our athletic identity uh, in our lives for the rest of our lives. Um, and so this is where when we are a little nicer to ourselves and we, we lead from a place of, of permission and understanding, uh, we can better set ourselves up for sustainability. Um, and then lastly, uh, the reason this is important is because the process opens you up to solutions and not roadblocks. So when we take a step back, think about what this means. We give it weight. We give it validity. We understand these triggers. We've identified the language that sets these things off. What it allows us to do is think differently about how we move through them. Um, so instead of leaning into it and continuing to build up that, that wall, that roadblock, uh, we think differently about the process and it allows us to, um, to set ourselves up for solutions. And those solutions are what I want to talk talk about next. so So, once we understand, you know again, why motivation can wane, what our response might be, why it's important to uh, to to have this attitude of permission, then how do we work through the periods that um, that we're feeling this way? and so um, first and foremost, I think the first step for me, and what I recommend to you know myself or or people that I that I speak with, is that we want to take a step back. So again, unlike the the response of uh, doing more, doubling down, kind of wrangling in, in, into submission, we want to take a step back, and um, we just we we want to give ourselves some space so that we don't. Um, rush to a solution that, that isn't, uh, that isn't actually there or isn't actually productive. So, um, take a step back. And I think when you do that, the reason that's important is because you don't want to force the same approach. So we want to, we want to provide a little space. We want to give ourselves a little buffer between what we've been doing that, that has been part of the process that has led to, um, a decrease in motivation, we want to give ourselves a a buffer there because if we just continue to do more of the same thing, like I said, odds are that we're not going to get, uh, any, any different results. So when you take that step back, the next step that I like to, to think about is reflect on, um, what sounds fun and engaging? So when you think about your training, when you think about your athletic pursuits, what is it in that time period when you give yourself that space? What sounds what sounds fun and engaging? So um, some examples might be if you're uh, uh, if you're a cyclist. Um, maybe it's, you know, getting up really early on Saturday morning to do your long ride. Maybe that's been wearing you down, you know, maybe week after week after week, and maybe you're stacking those. So maybe, you know, there's also a follow-up ride on Sunday and that takes a lot of commitment. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of energy. Um, and so, so maybe, maybe that's the thing that doesn't feel as fulfilling. What part of that process does feel fun and engaging? Is it some strength training during the middle of the week? Does it some ancillary work? Uh, is it shorter, uh, structured workouts? So pull out the things that, that, uh, are fun, exciting, engaging, and think about leaning into those. Um, and, uh, so, you know, again, if you're, uh, if you're a runner, Maybe, you know, showing up for, you know, 5 a.m. track workout on Wednesday morning has been wearing you down. Maybe you would just like to wake up Saturday morning and run what feels best for your body. Maybe that's a long run. Maybe it's a trail run. Uh, maybe it's a run to your favorite restaurant. Whatever it is, think about ways that your sport or, or engaging in your, your athletic uh, athleticness uh, seems fun and engaging, and then work to structure your trading uh, around that. Align what you're doing on a weekly basis from a, from a training perspective. Align it with those things. So don't force the thing or the the number of things that that don't bring excitement and joy and fun and engagement, um, lean into the things that do. We really struggle with that as athletes. You know, we, we, we love structure. We love to check those boxes and we have a hard time saying, well, this thing, this thing, although it might be productive from a fitness perspective, it's, it's not the highest and best use of my time right now. Um, and that's okay fitness isn't made or lost in a session, uh, in a series of workouts. It's not made or lost in a week. Give yourself some space and, and, um, and look to structure your training around what's fun, uh, and engaging. Um, so once you do that, or once you go through that exercise, you're either going to have two, uh, one of two things happen. Um, it's either going to you're going to identify what's fun and engaging. You're going to say, "Oh yeah, okay. I like doing yoga. I'm going to shorten my workouts. I love doing speed work. Let's do that for a couple of weeks and that's going to that's going to hopefully reignite that spark." Or you're going to you're going to ask yourself those questions. You're going to think seriously about it. Um, you're going to allow yourself to answer honestly and the and the answer is going to be that nothing sounds fun or engaging. That you just can't find The excitement in the thing that you're doing. So, if you've answered, if if that's your answer, that nothing is fun or engaging, nothing's bringing value, nothing's exciting, then then you may be um, you may be one of these three things, or 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 multiples of these three things. You might be burnout, so you might just be too tired, Um, and that's fair. Again, end of a long season. Uh, You've had a lot of, you know, a lot of training under your belt, a lot of time, a lot of commitment. You've had to sacrifice other things that you care about in an effort to to put in the time uh, necessary to reach your goals. Um, You might just be burnt out. That's fair. So um, you might also just be too tired again. um, You know, fatigue is very real and we all have a breaking point. Our uh, our commitment, our energy, Um, all of those things are finite resources. They don't last forever. And so, uh, you, you might've just burnt the candle at both ends for too long. Um, and then you might also be, uh, you could be overtrained. Uh, it wouldn't be uncommon in, in situations like that for an athlete to be actually overtrained. So it's a physiological response to fatigue um, and that is a very real thing. Uh, and it's something that we need to give a tremendous amount of weight, uh, and space to. Um, and so if the answer is that you can't find anything, um, you need to give yourself permission to answer that question honestly, and then, uh, and then work with your support group around you to understand where that's coming from. Is it just, uh, that you're too tired? Um, are you burnt out? uh, and, and, or, are you overtrained? Overtraining um, typically looks like uh, there's a physiological response from a training perspective. You're unable to, um, to produce power. Uh, you're not sleeping well. Uh, you are, you know, uh, everything starts to kind of slow down. Your body's uh, protect it, protecting itself. Um, so if, if that's the case, take a week off. Um, take a week off completely. And and again, this is very, very permission heavy here because we really struggle with athletes. We say, okay, well, yeah, I'm gonna pull back, but I'll just do some easy rides or some easy runs, or I'll just go on an hour long walk every day, or I'll get out and hike or whatever. That's fine if you don't feel like that's coming from a place of pressure. So um, it's important to take that week off and know that that week isn't going to impact your long term goals and work on the exercise of giving yourself space and permission to take that week. And if a walk feels valuable, if it's important for you mentally and emotionally, great. Um, if you're forcing it because you, uh, you feel like you want to squeeze in some fitness, uh, that's where you need to check yourself because that's only going to uh, add to your fatigue, your burnout, your overtraining. Um, and continue to give yourself space. When you're in that time period, reflect on, um, on keep asking yourself what feels fun and engaging. There will be a time when you're able to answer that question, but until you can answer it, give yourself space. Um, and I've seen it turn around pretty quickly. It doesn't last forever. But we do need some space, re-engage in other things during that time period, um, check into to peer groups that you um, maybe weren't able to see as frequently because you were spending all your time with your training group or solo training, um, check in with activities that you let fall by the wayside, um, maybe you, know, you weren't getting out for long walks with your dog like you wanted to, or you weren't able to spend as much time in the garden or in your yard, um, whatever that is. Check into those places and re-engage there. When you create that mental space, um, you'll be able to turn the corner and make space for your uh, for your athletic identity when the time is right. So when you do get back to training, and again, you will, if you've been in that space, if you're in that space now, you will turn the corner if you give yourself permission to be there and to re-engage with other things um motiv- you know motivation will come back so when you get back to training think about things in a more uh, in a different way so don't get back to exactly what you were doing before um there might be parts of that but think about a few things try to factor in some downtime so you know are there opportunities for space amidst your structured training amidst your focused training um can you leave space for other things. So when training is at its peak, when you're the most focused and the most motivated, can you still leave time for other activities? Again, things that typically might have to be on the chopping block or that we would typically sacrifice uh, in order to achieve our goals. Can we leave some time for those things? Maybe it's only, maybe it's once a week, once a month, but can we keep some consistent touch points and engagement with things that we we care about, um, and, and really, what that does is it gives us a more uh, a more diversified identity. We're not putting all of our eggs in our athletic identity basket. We're able to have different areas in our life where we engage, uh, and that's important. Um, and then another just thing that I like to do is factor in some what I call flex days. So that looks like wake up on Saturday morning and do what feels best. You know you're a cyclist, we want to get in a bike ride, but instead of scheduling out the intensity, the time, the duration, the mileage, whatever, wake up and do, really allow yourself to check into how you're feeling, where you're at mentally and physically, and do what feels best. That's a, really, that's a really valuable skill to know how to give your body what it needs on any given day. Um, and we don't want to do that every single day because there are volume requirements we want to hit. There's progressions, there's periodization. Um, But it's okay to factor that in from time to time and allow ourselves a break mentally and physically. And it is a breath of fresh air when you know when your alarm goes off um, or you don't even set your alarm, you get up in the morning and, and you can do exactly what feels right for that day. That is a huge mental reset. Uh, and can really help stave off some of these uh, really detrimental um, feelings that we have around motivation and some of these holes that we find ourselves in when it comes to to lulls in our motivation. So just to recap, um, motivation can be waiting for any number of things. Uh, so much of that is environmental and it's out of our control. It's not solely on us. Uh, it's not uh, 100% in our head. Um, And so we need to know and recognize that 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 just might be part of what we're dealing with because of where we live, where we're at, where we're at in the world, where we're at in our community. Uh, And we need to give that, uh, understand that and and give that space. Um, Understand our typical responses. Think about the language that we use, be able to identify that and understand those triggers so that we can know when to pivot and when to step into this permission-based mindset. Um, we need to give ourselves permission uh, because it's important that we give validity and weight to how we're feeling, no matter whether or not we think it's rational or realistic uh, or, or founded. Um, that's how we're feeling, and, and that's important. And then lastly, once we identify those things, we need to work through how we can move through them. And so that's typically done with giving ourselves some space asking ourselves what seems fun, engaging, what seems like it's going to bring value. If we can identify those things, lean into that. If we can't identify them when we're honest with ourselves, then uh, lean into that space even more. Give yourself time, re-engage with other things, and look for ways to, to motivate through diversifying your, your athletic identity. So uh, again, uh, this is something that uh, I hope is helpful. I, I, I see it play out and, and I've had so many conversations with athletes and I and it's something that I realized um, that uh, it, it's important to talk about. And so as always, I hope these conversations, Help, uh, help you navigate uh, some of the things you're going through as athletes. Even if you're not dealing with them now, helps um, put uh, give you another tool in your toolbox to uh, to navigate these things in the future um, when they do uh, when they do appear. So, uh, thanks as always for listening. Uh, again, enduranceminded.com. If you have any questions and feedback, um, ThomasEnduranceCoaching.com. To, uh, to get in touch with one of our, uh, our coaching team and, uh, and, and speak with them. We're always offering uh, free orientation calls and happy to talk with anyone uh, who, who needs guidance, insight, uh, or, or just uh, an ear uh, to, uh, to listen. And um, rate, subscribe, share. I can't thank you guys enough. Um, I, I really, really appreciate your engagement, your feedback, uh, your support. Please keep it coming. And uh, I'll see you next time on Endurance Minded.